0: Welcome to another episode of Culinary School Stories, the weekly podcast that is dedicated to sharing the stories of people around the globe whose lives have been influenced, impacted, touched, and or enriched, for good or for bad, from their culinary school experience. Hi, my name is Colin Roach and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. You are an important part of this show where we ask the question, what's your culinary school story? So now, Without any further delay, let's meet today's guest. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Culinary School Stories podcast, a proud member of the Food Media Network. If this is your first time joining us today, thanks for being here and we appreciate you listening in. We hope you become a long-term listener and subscribe to the podcast because it's free and we'd love to have you as part of our community. You can subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a whole lot more or through our website at www.CulinarySchoolStories.com, which is also where we store all of the podcast's past episodes, as well as our guest bios and contact information. So, be sure to check it out. Again, that's www.CulinarySchoolStories.com. So, now, without any further delay, I would like to introduce today's guest, who has a great story to share with all of us. A recent graduate of the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York, where she earned her associate's degree in baking and pastry. A lifelong lover of food and cooking, she has worked various jobs in the restaurant industry, including both front and back of the house. She's also an influencer and content creator with her own successful YouTube channel. With that said, it is my pleasure to welcome Chef Jennifer Lee to the show. Jen, thanks for joining us today and sharing your culinary school story.
1: Hi, I'm so happy to be here.
0: Great. So you're a recent graduate of the Culinary Institute of America. So why don't we start? Are you telling us what brought you to the decision to go to culinary school and why did you choose the CIA?
1: Yeah. So I have been baking ever since I was a little kid, like before I could even remember, like before I even started baking at home, like in a kitchen, my dad actually built a playground in my backyard and I totally turned it into like a mud bakery kitchen. (laughs) So I've been baking like even before my mom even let me uh, bake with or cook with real food. Um, So I think it's always kind of been in the back of my mind. But to be honest, growing up my entire family is they're all in the STEM field. So I always felt like almost different in that I wasn't supposed to or allowed to go into baking or to go to culinary school. So that honestly was not even in my mind it wasn't even a possibility for me um I think it wasn't really until uh like high school when counselors would sit you down and say what do you want to do where do you want to go to school Mm -hmm. and then I kind of just had the realization that I can't like lie to myself anymore that I'm supposed to go to culinary school so I mean I've been baking and cooking forever but I think it really was um like junior year high school that I decided that I'm I'm going to go to culinary school
0: (laughs) Awesome. Now, did you tour a lot of different schools and how did you do your research? I mean, how did you pick Culinary Institute of America and the Hyde Park campus?
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm from Connecticut personally. So, I really wanted something not too far because growing up, I really, I'm like, I have a huge family. So, we always do so much stuff together. So, I didn't want to leave them like across the country quite yet. So, I looked into Johnson and Wales first in Rhode Island. um, And I- toward the whole campus the summer before i attended school and i was a huge huge fan i actually found out that my aunt was one of the architects that like built the school and she gave me like a personal tour so wow yeah so that was really cool i kind of felt like a a connection from that just because of my family member but um sure so yeah right away i was really i was really into it. it's a beautiful campus it's like on the water and everything and i was almost 100 percent um like dedicated to like going there. So like, that was almost my decision. And then I, I also like within like this time I applied to CIA just because I, I knew CIA was like the number one, but, um, I don't know. I, I didn't really have the interest to go to New York. And I know there are the other campuses in like Texas and, uh, in California, but New York was the only one that offered a bachelor's degree at the time. So that's what I, I was planning on doing a bachelor's degree. I obviously changed my mind and just did an associates, but, um, it was the two that was really debating, uh, between. But yeah, no, I didn't like think of like ice in California or anything else like that. So it was really just Johnson and Wales and uh, and CIA. But um, yeah, then one day I get this letter in the mail that was for like an accepted students day. And my parents were like, you know, it's only like two hours away. Let's just go check it out. So I went and um, I still wasn't set on it. I still didn't want to go. Really? <laughs> and my parents were like, you know what? If you're going to go to like a culinary school, you're going to go to the best one. Like, I don't even care if it's like, just like the title whatever, you're going to go to the best one. And um, and I just kept talking to other students I was on the tours with. And they're like, you know, I thought about Johnson Wales too. And then we started discussing the pros and cons. And I don't know. I kind of just chose a CIA like on a whim. I. Like that, like, honestly, it's just because of the title and I don't know how much of a difference the education was, but that's kind of what did it for me, sadly.
0: Right. The reputation. Was it the same price basically and same packages like financial aid? I know they give you that.
1: Yeah. For me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, even like scholarships wise. So we were like, why not? It's the same. Cool.
0: Yeah. So, what are some things that you, you look for when you're going there? Like, maybe there's a listener right now that's in high school thinking about, huh, Johnson and Wales or CIA or some other school, you know, besides the finances and the costs yeah. and things like that. But what are some things like when you went on your tour, what spoke to you? What stuck out that said, oh, this is cool? Oh, I don't like this? The dorm rooms.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, if I'm going to be completely honest, I went to Johnson and Wales and the campus was beautiful. the The classrooms looked great, but they showed us the dorm rooms, and they wanted four people to a dorm room. And it was probably the smallest room I've ever seen. I've toured like I've toured other colleges just because of past family members that have been to college, and it's it was by far the smallest one I've ever seen. I was like, you know, I just I don't know if I can live in there, Mom. And then we toured CIA, and they were like, yeah, even as a freshman, you can get a single.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> so I was
1: like, yeah. So and they're they're pretty nice, and no communal bathrooms. So I mean, like, I'm so spoiled in that sense. I've never even gone to college in a communal bathroom. So I don't, I don't even know what that's like. Um, But yeah, honestly, besides the education and like financial stuff, it it was just like the just environment just how I felt to be on campus like outside of class
0: cool now once you made your mind up and you started talking about it obviously your parents went with you to take these tours were they supportive of you at what point did they like okay you're not gonna go into stem you're not gonna follow maybe some of your other family members were they on board from the start or no
1: so I would say maybe I'm just really stubborn I I feel like now like looking back they have been supportive from the start I mean, my mom has, I think in the back of all their minds, they always knew that this was probably what I was going to go into. And at the time, I mean, they, they still kind of made it seem like, oh, she's going to go and major into food science. So they kind of still tied it back to them, (laughs) you know? And then it wasn't until like, I I just kept saying, I was like, mom, you know, and I just kept talking about like my plans in the future. And then they were like, you know what, just, we just want you to be happy. Just do whatever, what makes you happy. And we're always going to be supportive. So I mean, even like going to culinary school was their idea. I was just going to go major in business at first. But then when like, you know, it was time and you had to choose a college, I couldn't like delay this anymore. They were like, you're going to culinary school. So they kind of almost made up my mind for me. But, um, now like I talk about it to so many family members, especially now that I've graduated, I found out that a ton of them, even like all the doctors and pharmacists, they wanted to work at a restaurant. Like they always wanted to own a a restaurant. They love culinary. And I I guess I always knew they liked cooking, but they're like so passionate about it. Mm. I would argue they're even more passionate than I am (laughs) about food and cooking. So, I mean, I guess it's, it's in my blood. They just didn't want to admit it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so true because I'll be on a plane or something, and someone will talk to you. What do you do? And I hate to open that door because I don't want to say, "Oh, I'm a chef," because they'll be, "Oh, that's what they I want to do." Oh, what's your they favorite love recipe? It, yeah. And they want to have this big conversation. <laughs> I just want to read my book. But a lot of them are like doctors and stuff, and I'm like, "You're a doctor? You want to be a chef?" <laughs> but-
1: no, yeah, and I, I like they're so they're so into it too. And the moment you say the word chef or food or baker, they they get it's like their reaction is huge. It honestly makes me feel yeah, <laughs> makes me feel pretty good. <laughs>
0: So take us to that first day. You're arriving. You're on campus now. You're gonna check in. You're gonna meet your roommates. I guess you're gonna what? Get uniforms. Get knife kits. Tell us what's going through your mind and what that process is like.
1: Yeah. So um, I I guess I I don't know. Like, so obviously, like we had to drive. It was like a three-hour drive to get there. So the entire drive, I was like super, super nervous. Um, I mean, I was I was prepared, like for like like packing wise and and just like what to expect. I was I was pretty prepared because I. I tried to do a bunch of research before and like find YouTube videos of people, but there are not many, you know, so I had to just kind of, I don't know, prepare myself. But, um, mm-hmm. the moment I got there, I mean, it was really nice. They had a whole welcome team and this was pre COVID. So, you know, it was very normal and, um, they had like balloons and everything and they helped, I didn't even have to carry a thing. Like they had a whole group, help my family carry all my stuff up to my room. And, um, this is before my roommate got there. So yeah, it, it was very overwhelming at first. And when we were still trying to like unpack some stuff, um, it, it just felt fine. But then the moment my parents were like, you know what, we have to leave now. <laughs> I, I got so, so sad. Sure. Um, and I know like so many people, like they can't wait to go to college to get away from their family. I'm like the complete opposite. I could, <laughs> I could stay with them like forever. <laughs> I don't know. I've just always kind of been like that. So I was so sad and immediately they. But like, when I shut the door and said, bye, mom, I just started crying. I was just so, so sad. But then my roommate showed up. So I like, I wiped up the tears. I was like, yeah. it's, it's okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm excited now. Um, They gave me like my entire backpack and my knife kit and my entire like uniform. So yeah, it was kind of surreal, surreal to see yeah, that it was actually happening. But yeah. I was like excited and scared.
0: Yeah. sure. Anticipation, the unknown. It's all what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. The, the unknown for sure. Yeah.
0: Now, how was your first labs? What was your first lab? How was the chef? So the chef's mean, we just kind of scared They do have to line up uniform check or early in the morning. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So our, for, at least for me, for, uh, like lab classes. We had for the first semester just one whole class that was just the whole semester long. I didn't change anything. It was called fundy. So like it's just the fundamentals the fundamentals of like baking and well I did baking but or for culinary if you're culinary. But um okay. yeah so you have one chef for the entire semester, two classes a week. And it's like an eight hour long class. So um I'm like, like later on semesters, you every three weeks, you will change your chefs. But for this, it was just that one chef. So he was the only guy, only chef I ever really met for that first semester. And his name was chef McCarrick. I loved him so, so much. He was, he was just like a really, really nice, like grandpa almost like he was just, um, I don't know. He was like well traveled and he just knew so much. And, uh, he was, he was really, really nice. And, uh, Really understanding to like teach you, and they didn't want to make you feel too afraid. I know, like everyone always thinks that like everyone's like that like Gordon Ramsay type, and there are definitely at that school, but um, he wasn't one of them. He was really really great, so it, it was a good way to start my first class.
0: Awesome. Now going back to the dorms, are they coed? Are they separated? Or how how, how many people? You said two in a in a room.
1: Yeah. So they have I think uh, I think the school of view te- technically speaking, they have like maybe fifteen different like lodges. So, um, there are different types. So at CIA at the Hyde Park one, there is Hudson hall, which is like notoriously the freshman building, but any overflow will go to like any of the other ones. There's one called angel and pick. I ended up being in pick. I mean, no, in angel, sorry. And that was like the best thing that ever happened to me because Hudson is the worst hall by far. Every single room is tiny. Um, (laughs) it's the oldest building and, um, there are communal bathrooms so there are like doubles and triples but in angel there are only doubles and no communal bathrooms so i got i just got lucky
0: oh that's good that's usually an upper class dorm angel or it's still freshman
1: i mean nowadays it's kind of like just whoever they can fit but um okay. typically i feel like it's like sophomore level yeah but they um They also have like lodges and townhouses, which are like a whole whole different setup. So for the last two semesters, I stayed in a lodge, which thankfully I, I don't know if it was like first come first serve, but I was able to pick my roommates that I wanted. So I got to dorm with my friends and I had a whole single room, but it's like a whole suite. So there's like four rooms and every single person gets a single room and we get our own like huge bathroom. So that was really nice. If you like, like the people you're living with, then it's pretty great.
0: Great. So what was your favorite lab class and what was your worst and why?
1: My favorite was absolutely my confections class. So that, so like not confections, like chocolates or candies. It was, um, I think they called it like confectionery arts and specialty cakes. I think that's what it was, but that's the class where we got to like work with gum paste flowers. And, um, we worked on mainly like cake dummies and we covered them, like covered everything like fondant and worked with like molding chocolate, modeling chocolate. I mean, and, um, yeah, that, that was a super fun class. We made so many different flowers and I love that chef. I had chef Cavati. Um, I'm pretty sure she's still there, but I think she's, she said she was, she's like retiring soon or something, but um, no, she was great. I loved, um, I just loved how she taught and that class was just super fun. Like I woke up every single morning, even though it was like super early like, and I like, I was ready to go to class. Unlike some of the classes, I was like dreading it, um, <laughs> but my least favorite, I can like 100% say it was my chocolates class. Really? <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely hated it. Like I like I'm not to really talk bad about him, but even like the chef, we, we really just didn't like see eye to eye too much. And um, he was just a really mean guy. <laughs> and I,
0: I just feel like he was one of those Gordon Ramsay ones you were talking about.
1: No, but this is what I always tell people. I feel like there are two different types of mean. There's like the Gordon Ramsay where they're where they're really mean and they like yell at you and everything. But you can tell like deep down, like they're trying to help you know, almost. But then there are the ones that are just jerks for no reason. Like they yell at you and then they tell you you're doing it wrong, but then they don't tell you why you're doing it wrong. So there's no like learning mm. happening. So I just, it's just when chefs teach like that, I, I tend to just get a little upset just because I feel like there's no, it's just not beneficial. There's no reason they should be doing that. Like I'm fine if they yell at me. I honestly, I have a, I don't know. I, my, the household that I grew up in, like, I just don't really cry. Like I'm not really phased by people yelling at me, but like, I don't know, like if you yell at me, that's fine, but there has to be like a reason as to why you have to like show me or like, I don't know, something like that.
0: So those chefs are always putting like barriers up or pitfalls for you and hoping that you kind of fail. And
1: Yeah, it's almost like they want us to Mm -hmm. fail. I just I don't understand that, especially when they try to like claim that they're they're like helping the next generation of, of chefs and they just are not doing anything to help me. But uh, yeah, so that one was kind of like, I was just put in the class and I was almost expected to like teach myself and I'm just not very good with chocolates either. So, (laughs) and I was excited to learn.
0: So was the content as well or no, just more of the instructor part of it? Different instructor might've made that class okay or
1: think so i mean before i went to that class chocolates was already um like not my like i don't know my like area of expertise and i didn't like i didn't know too much about it well i didn't know too much about how to work with it so i was excited to learn more just to you know broaden like what i'm good at but um yeah i i I think if a different chef taught that i probably would have been okay with it i wouldn't have been great at doing it but i would have it would have been a way more enjoyable class
0: right right (laughs) yeah so tell us about the student body. Who's who's your classmates? Are they all like right out of high school, or is there some career changes, military people transferring in, more males, more females?
1: So that's actually one thing I uh, wasn't expecting. It's it's like people of all ages, all backgrounds. I remember in my in my last semester, uh, it was like less. Um, like range of age almost but during my very very first class my bench partner was actually a 70-year-old woman wow that was a yeah she was a lawyer and she said out of the blue she just stopped and said i'm going to culinary school good for but her but she <laughs> she ended up dropping out 2 oh. weeks in <laughs> but yeah no there are um, people like i mean i remember the first day the chef will be like tell me your name um like what where you're from a fun fact and a lot of people were like oh yeah i used to work at a hospital and i hated it so i'm here now so there are a ton of career changes for um for people at culinary school i feel like the ones that changed their career the older people that um you know all of a sudden they just had like a realization that they wanted to be a chef but um otherwise most people are straight out of high school but um yeah, it's like it's a huge um, range of different ages.
0: Is it more females in baking and pastry, or more males? Oh,
1: for sure. After my first class, I have I haven't had a class with any males. So wow, yeah. It, so it's like I, I always say to people, like not even in like a romantic way, but I have had no male interaction in so long. <laughs> I, I have not talked to like any guys at all. Um, yeah, my first class, I did have a few. But
0: after that, they just disappeared. (laughs) Wow. What do you think that is? Why do you think females gravitate more towards baking and pastries and males, at least traditionally, towards culinary?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's still, even though like most people these days are very modernized and everything, I don't know. I feel like maybe, I don't know. I feel like it's bad, but people do associate like baking with as a more feminine
0: like hobby almost creative art way of doing it yeah
1: yeah yeah so yeah something like that rather than culinary i feel like culinary they're like down and dirty and like it's hot in there and it's like <laughs> kind of whatever like they're like oh it's not salty enough throw more salt versus like baking we're like to a precise point like one gram so but there is a class where um for one semester the baking kids get to do culinary and culinary gets to do baking. And I love hearing the stories because my roommate was a culinary um, student. So she would tell me all about like how she's not used to scaling stuff out and how she like something failed just because she was like point 0.1 off or something. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting to hear them, but um,
0: I don't know. Yeah, they, don't like, they don't like the structure of the baking and pastry that's culinary, right? They want to just be freewheeling.
1: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. They're just not as, uh, as proper as me or us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. So I want to talk about academic classes, you have to take those too. What are they like? Is it, is it hard? Is it a rigor or is it pretty easy? I mean, is it, cause people don't think that when you go to culinary school, you also have to take those English, math, costing, mm-hmm. human resource, whatever type of classes they are. So maybe you could talk a little bit about those for a bit.
1: Sure. Um, well, so I was an associate, I did an associate's degree. So uh, associates and bachelor's, it's going to be way different for the amount of academic classes you have to take. So I actually only took like a college writing class. And I, I actually um, tested out of a math class. So I didn't have to do that. So for the academic, like standard ones, where it's like math and um, like language and um, English classes, it's pretty similar to high school, I would say. So in high school, I took like, I was mostly like AP student type of a uh, person. So I was really used to like the really, really hard classes. So compared to CIA, my, I would say my high school classes were actually harder. than than at CIA but I mean it's different for everyone but otherwise besides those like English and writing and uh, math all of the other academic classes are like ones you've never heard of we have more like intro to hospitality and nutrition and like um I don't know how, how I don't even know what oh like professionalism so they're very uh not like usual like academic classes
0: right more like career related or specific to that industry no
1: very yeah so actually if you were to like want to transfer to a regular college after i guarantee you none of those um classes will transfer through (laughs) and i actually asked before so they were like yeah we've never like this is not like anything that we have so yeah so it's it's really really different it's not necessarily hard but um I think it really depends on the professor you get because every single class, there are multiple professors. So you have some that are like very chill and relaxed and some that are like five pages of like essays every night. So
0: just depends who you have. So as a recent grad, what do you think makes an effective teacher? I mean, what was a good teacher? You had good ones, you had bad. What separates you? How did did you connect with the ones that you thought were good and ones that you weren't, Mm -hmm. they weren't so good? I mean, tell us maybe what, in your opinion, is a good teacher.
1: So I, I mean... I feel like it's uh it also has to do with how, like what kind of learner you are. So personally, like I, I love to like see things and I love having like a not scary uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some chefs, like I said, are so intimidating and mean that they almost want to keep that. They don't want you to almost like talk to them. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like that's not very effective, but so I like to, you know, be, a, I, I like to be not afraid to speak to them and ask questions and mess up. and. I like it when they, you know, show you correctly and not, not stick by their method too much. So I mean, as you'll see, like if you go to culinary school, every single chef has their own like little like method or, or some things that they're very, very like specific about. So the ones that are okay to like, not do that, I feel like are a lot better if if that makes sense. So like I've had some chefs where it's like, oh, well, you can take um, a method that you learned from this chef and this chef and like put them all together and kind of create your own thing and uh, do whatever works best for you. Because they're like, honestly, whatever way that you can do it that works best for you, if you have the same outcome, it doesn't even matter. So the chefs that can recognize that I always appreciate just because there is not one way to do things like something. And um, if you can recognize that there like are different ways and there are ways that works best for you. Uh, rather than someone else, then I usually love those chefs. And the ones that um are just not going to totally freak out on you if you mess up, because again, like they, they like to stress that it's a learning environment and that it's okay to mess up. But then the moment you do mess up, they love to yell at you and just tell you you're doing it wrong. So I'm like, so what is it you, you got to at least warn us correctly, you know? So yeah, I, I, I definitely think the teachers or the chefs that I um, am able to have like, conversations outside of class with are the ones I usually like more, um, not um, like almost like a friend, you know, right. someone that, uh, you feel will be there for you and to support you and help you.
0: Like a coach or a mentor rather than, you know, this power struggle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. More so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in class, if you want to be like, I don't know, like you're in charge, whatever, that's completely fine. That's your classroom. But sometimes even the chefs are like outside of class that just choose to like, keep on bullying you. I'm like, I'm just trying to walk and across <laughs> the hall.
0: <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. So are they mostly males or females, the instructors, and are they older, are they young, or what are they like?
1: That too, I would say it's a, a huge like, range of like men and female and um, old versus young. I think my, my year that I went to culinary school, a lot of them were starting to retire, especially when COVID like, hit, oh, right. they were like, yeah, we're done. So some of the older ones definitely retired and they're like on the hunt for more newer chefs now. I think they're they're almost like understaffed, just like every other culinary place, even the school is. So right. um yeah, recently we do I, I have seen a lot of younger chefs, but yeah, they're it's either they're either very young or like very old.
0: <laughs> I feel like there's like no in between. <laughs> no in between. So now that you're graduated, graduated in December, uh, looking back, was it worth it? Is there a good return on your investment? Uh, if, if you had- could change something would you change it would you do something different or would you do it the same way you you did it
1: I get this a- question asked a lot and I always like hesitate to just say like it was worth it only because I feel like it's just it's one of those things that I, I will never regret going and if I didn't and someone's like if you could turn back time and choose if you were to go again I still would go uh, it's it's something that I definitely think has been beneficial um to my life because this is what I want to do so it has been beneficial, but I will say it it hasn't been as glamorous and like, like amazing as some people put it out to be. There are definitely like pros and cons to going, but um, like, like I said, I wouldn't like say the pros outweigh the cons. It's just, I, I feel like it's necessary. So it's almost like it kind of sucks, but you have to do it. At least that's how I feel. So I always say like there are, there are definitely some like techniques and just so many things I wouldn't have taught myself or even thought to teach myself or to just learn myself but you do go in and you do feel like oh I like I already knew this like why did I need to like relearn this or whatever but again that like repetition and just um I don't know the structure of like how they train you to be and like um the early hours and the stress and everything that all kind of like goes into um like just the experience and I don't know I feel like it has been beneficial but it hasn't been as great as everyone always says it is so it's different for everyone though.
0: Maybe give us some specifics on some of those sure. negatives that listeners to be like, Oh, w- watch out for this. And this is something you should know before you you know, sign that mm-hmm. line and, and, and attend.
1: I would say um, for every single person that goes in, it's just your own mindset and um, how you choose to do things and talk to people. But there are definitely going to be the people there that will try to prove that they're better than you or will bully you or just make you feel lesser than, and really just ignore those people, do your own thing. I feel like the, the most, like, honestly, the negatives of the school are the people and the environment. I mean, every chef is super competitive and almost sometimes I feel like people like are just too insane with the like amount of like competition, like the competitive competitiveness that they, um, they choose to like involve even in their friendships. So like outside of class, like I feel like everyone's just very judgmental and um, and there are definitely like cliques of like the people that like are, will try to bully you. So just ignore them, do your own thing. Um, like this is your own experience. So I don't know, just try to learn the best you can and meet the right people. And the experience will be way better because no matter how much you hate the chef and everything, no matter like what the type of person is, everyone's gonna like hate it, but you can't really control that. But the things you can control... Um, just try to cut the negativity out and just uh I don't know, make it the best and most positive experience for you, how whatever like that is. Like if you meet the right friends or like just stay in your own room, whatever it is. Just like do whatever you can.
0: So do you think it's more of like a cutthroat, competitive environment that's instilled there and that's why people are kind of competing?
1: So I feel like maybe yeah, it's just like the environment that gets everyone else like to be like that. I feel like the chefs almost don't really um almost enforce that anymore. I feel like the chefs have relaxed, but the students have gotten more like competitive. Huh. So it's just within like every student. So there are definitely people that I have gone to school with that like will just try to prove that they're better than you and just say all these great things about themselves and make you feel lesser than. And it's just important to just either, I mean, you can befriend those people. That's your own choice, but um, I, I like I like to tend to stay away from them.
0: Right, right. So what about other activities, the extracurricular activities, clubs, committees, sports, something along those lines? Is, is that available? And Did you participate in anything like that?
1: We definitely do have clubs and um, activities and sports. Um, Sports-wise, it's not as many as a normal college. And I don't know. I don't know if there are many. I never played any sports or my, during my time there. There weren't many that were offered that I was very interested in. I mean, I'm not the sportiest person, but I go to the gym a lot. So that's kind of like my favorite activity. I used to go to the gym like two times a day, but, um, there are definitely clubs. I've, I had many friends that were in clubs. I was kind of boring. I didn't participate in like anything like that. They did do a lot of, um, activities and stuff, which are to like normal colleges, they'll sound really boring like we had like bingo night
0: (laughs) (laughs) movie night things like that
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and i mean they were fun because technically like our school we're not allowed to have parties or do anything like like a normal like 20 something year old would do Mm. um so i mean it is i guess as a whole we are more boring (laughs) but um but it's okay it was it was fine um what's the what's
0: the big what's the big thing to do up there for campus what do people do what is the uh, someone was going to go to Hyde Park what is what is the (laughs) draw
1: they go to Marist they go to the college next door to party oh really (laughs) I actually I never went but I heard a lot of people did or they're the ones are like really really into the activities that go on at night so I mean they do have a lot of activities some, I mean, t- towards the beginning of the semester, especially for the freshmen, they have, like, so many. They'll even bring you, like, out bowling and stuff like that. And but that time, it's going to, like, be super, super fun. But then it'll die down because as, like, the time goes on, they'll, like, put less and less effort into it. But um, every fall, they're, that's when the most um activities go on.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. So is there a class that you didn't have that you wished you had or was offered that you didn't take or that they didn't offer that you wish they did offer?
1: I wish the school um for co- like for the kitchen classes they offered more creative ones like for as in like cake decorating, cookie decorating, um stuff like that because a lot of the school a lot of the kitchen classes that they offer or that are mandatory to take are very um like old school french um like high end restaurant, fine dining type of desserts. And I mean, I love to, I got to learn that because I personally wouldn't have like wanted to learn that myself, but then the school will say something like, oh, fine dining is dying and uh, you you really shouldn't be like doing this, like you should be learning bakery stuff, but then they don't offer that. <laughs> so I feel like everything they say is just very like hypocritical. And they'll, they'll say something like, oh yeah, like you see how like during COVID, all the fine dining places like closed and it's just like the takeout bakeries. And we're like, yeah, so why don't you teach us that stuff? And they just
0: don't. So the curriculum hasn't caught up to what they're saying then, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, I would have loved to learn that more because I do love doing more of like the creative decorating um, aspects of baking rather than like just sitting there and like, like whisking batters.
0: Cool. I want to take a quick pause here at this halfway point in the show and ask, are you currently in college or thinking about enrolling in college? Or maybe you're a parent, grandparent, or mentor of a high school or college bound student. In either case, I wanna share a super valuable free resource with you. And that is the nonprofit organization called Affordable College Prep. They are a free nonprofit organization that offers remote college support services for students and families. Which means that they can help you with your college essays, the application process, finding financial aid, and much, much more. And again, it's free. So what do you have to lose? Check them out today. Their website is www.affordablecollegeprep.com. That's all one word, www.affordablecollegeprep.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Affordable College Prep. Remember, you don't have to navigate the college admissions process by yourself. Affordable College Prep has been helping and educating students and their families on all things college for years, with an emphasis on saving money and doing what is necessary to get students to graduate in a timely manner. The Affordable College Prep advisors do an excellent job in helping students find and apply to the universities that provide the best fit academically, socially, and financially for them and their families. And they do this by providing remote support over the phone, as well as through video chat, email, and text messages to help you prepare for college. So be sure to take advantage of this free resource and contact them today. Okay, now back to the show. So let's talk about your YouTube channel. Sure. You started that while you were at CIA and it just blossomed and then you're still going today with it and mm-hmm. talk about how, what was the impetus to start that and how did it take off and what was your kind of creative thought process as you were creating those?
1: So I feel like as a kid, I also like besides baking, I I always wanted to be like famous, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and I always like love watching YouTubers. And I just thought like, wow, that's so smart because you don't have to live in LA. You don't have to like live in a big city to go to like casting calls or whatever. You can just have your own phone or camera and just record and upload yourself. It doesn't matter if people watch you, like you can still put yourself out there. So that has always been something I always wanted to do. I used to always joke around, like I used to say, like subscribe to my channel even before I had one. <laughs> and I think it uh, it took until it, it was May. It was May of 2020. So I was actually still at home. Um, yeah, this is when I got sent home from school during COVID. So I was just at home. I was extra bored, like more bored than usual. And I was like, I don't care about the judgment anymore. I think I'm just going to do it. And when I first started, I was like, okay well, now what do I film though? If I'm going to start this. So I, like this one video popped up, um, that was like, I'm going to dress up as like a different decade every single day of the week. So that's what I ended up doing. It's a very bad video. So don't watch it. <laughs> but in the second video, I was like, Oh, I guess I could talk about like my experience at culinary school. Cause I don't know. Like, I feel like that's interesting. It's not talked about. Right. So I just like on a whim, I was like, I don't think anyone's going to watch this. And I just filmed it in my room and I don't know like I think like not even a month after I just started getting emails like in my email that was like YouTube you have like this comment this comment this comment I was like what people are watching it and it just uh I don't know it just started getting really big and after that I was like oh my gosh I have like a following now I can actually like I felt pressure to make more videos and it was it was like good pressure it was like I was excited to do it so yeah I just I was never gonna plan to make videos about the CIA but That one did really well. And I was like, I guess this is something people
0: want to watch. So I just kept doing it. Sure. Because there's a lot of people that may want to go there, right? Are are thinking about it.
1: No. Yeah. And that was my intention behind those videos. It wasn't ever to necessarily promote the school or to just talk about stuff. I just wanted to help people because I felt like there wasn't a big, um, I don't know, there, there weren't many culinary channels for like normal people, like besides like the school's videos. Right. So I just thought whatever I can do to get the word out there, help them just talk about like just everyday things besides just like, I don't know. I just wanted to show them my everyday life, get them prepared, give them a heads up, warning.
0: <laughs> so why don't you give us the link to that in case anyone's listening wants to check those out.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, my YouTube channel is just Jennifer Lee. Um, yeah.
0: Cool. And I'll put that in the show notes too with your bio. So if someone's listening and wants to look at that afterwards. Perfect. Now that you're graduated are you going to continue that uh, vlog that you had?
1: Yeah. So um, I- I'm kind of segwayed towards just like my like normal life um here and there I'll still talk about like my school but I guess now it's just kind of following more towards what I'm going to do in the future I guess if I get like a new job and I'm like a pastry chef I'll show them behind the scenes of that but just whatever wherever my life takes me uh the vlog will just follow along my life
0: (laughs) yeah awesome now I did see that you were one of the graduation speakers how did that happen how'd you get picked and what was that like
1: yeah so I I remember when it was like a month, like maybe three months before graduation, we all got emails that were like a list of things you have to do. And one of those things was we had to pick a student speaker for graduation. And I sat there. I was like, I have no idea who could speak. I myself wasn't even like in mind. Like I didn't even think about that. So I just never submitted it. I never submitted anything. I was like, hopefully I still can graduate because after the deadline was over, I was like, they were like, sorry, you can no longer submit this. I was like, I haven't even thought of anyone. And then a week (laughs) later, I get an email. I was like, congratulations, you were picked. So I guess students just picked me um, which was really exciting. It made my day. That's an honor, huh? Yeah. yeah, I know. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I was like, I didn't even submit anyone. So
0: yeah, I was like, Hope- "So that, that, was, that was like the student address, right? So how did you have to plan for that? Did they tell you how much time and what you're supposed to say or the topic?
1: Yeah. So they, uh, were actually not very helpful. <laughs> they sent me an email <laughs> that, that was like, so you're doing it. Um, I'm, I'm going to help you along and we're going to like collaborate up like on this. Um, after that email, they really they really didn't send anything else. They were just like, they were like, here are the guidelines. And <laughs> basically they kind of just wanted me to say like an advertisement for the school. Um. They were just like, no, no negativity, just say, just talk about the good stuff. Not too much about your life. Just uh, w- what are the good things about CIA? Make it very generic. So um, was I really in love with that speech? No, but um, for like to follow the rules, that was like the best I could think of. So sure, no, but it was still fun. It gave me something to do during graduation.
0: Yeah. And people can look on your channel and see a, a video of that speech, right? A little little bit of it, a little snippet.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I put in my graduation video. So if you guys want to check that out.
0: So if you could change that and could have said anything you wanted to, what, what were some of the things you would have added in <laughs> <If> <laughs> now, I, if that, now I, that you're not there, right? If
1: I didn't have any rules or like guidelines yes. in that speech, <laughs> I mean, When I talk with, when like joking around with my friends, they were like, "You should just get up there and shout, don't come to the CIA." I mean, like, I wouldn't be that blunt and say that because it is, it is still a graduation ceremony. But I would definitely say like, because I think one of my sentences, they, I got away with saying like. Through all the times, like all the stressful and exhausting times, like I probably would have just gone on and on and on.
0: <laughs> Crazy like, chefs, mean people. You
1: might, you might, there are nights where you're just going to cry and does not want to wake up and go to class, but you know, we fought through it. <laughs> I don't know. I probably would have just talked about more of the realistic aspects, like not even being negative. It's just really what happened. I would have said more about that. Um, yeah. But instead it was just like, life's going to be good. <laughs> Life was great here. Love the CIA.
0: is there anything you wish you knew now that you graduated before you started there like if you could say this is something or or to a listener you need to know you need to be prepared for you need to be expecting Mm -hmm. when you go there
1: it's just the it's kind of weird so my friends and I talk about this all the time we always say like the parts that we don't like it's less things that happened or things that we're doing it's almost just the feeling of being there so it's it kind of sucks because it's, it's like, you have to learn the hard way and go through it yourself before you can really tell if it's for you. I mean, I guess like my problem now is like the harsh reality of culinary school is you just don't get paid very much. So if you want to go out in the real world and live in a big city, like I really want to move to New York more than anything, but it's just like financially, can, can I afford it yet? But instead, I mean, if I don't work 10 hours a day, 10 plus hours a day in a kitchen, making minimum wage for like a few years, can I even afford to like move out if I don't like save up? So now it's almost just like I've graduated, but I'm almost gone lazier. So it's almost like I, I put myself through that before and I know what it is like. And I just don't want to work 10 hours in a kitchen anymore, which kind of sucks because if I don't do that, it's like, what am I going to do? Did I just waste my degree? So right now it's almost just like, I need to save up, uh to do the things i really want to do but mm-hmm. to be able to save up i have to do a job that i don't necessarily want to do almost so i feel like that is something it's just like you have to really keep in mind the realities of what this is going to be like after you graduate but that's what i would tell myself
0: and what what doors that degree will open for you and which ones yeah. will still remain closed right because mm-hmm. just because you have that associates what is that going to get you in the market
1: exactly i feel like now it's almost like You just feel like you wasted your time and your money almost because the jobs that I can get, a high schooler can get. So it almost makes you feel like, oh, was it even worth it? And obviously in the long run, like if I really want to own a place in the future, if that has helped, like those skills that CIA has taught me will help that like tremendously. But like if we're talking about like right out of college it hasn't like none of nothing that CIA has taught me as is really helping me yet. Or like even the title, it's not really helping me too much because the jobs I can get, like I said, anyone can really get. So.
0: Right. Especially now, anybody, if you want to work in the food service industry, you get a job Yeah, dying for people.
1: And that's why now, like more than ever, it, I almost feel like I don't want to almost because, and I, I feel bad because it's like, I want to help these businesses, but, um, it's just so understaffed that, when I worked during the summer, if I wasn't feeling well and I called out sick, we had to just close the whole place mm. because if I wasn't there, no one was making the cakes. And then I feel so guilty. It's like, do I prioritize my health or in my being or like just helping the place keep like stay running. So you have to really just think about all of that. And right now it's like, it's like, I, I'm not even lazy, but I don't know. It's like, I want to work, but just not under these circumstances almost, which sounds really selfish, but it's mm. kind of just how it is.
0: Now, you were originally going to go for your bachelor's degree, and then you chose not to. You just got out with the associates. Is that because you had that realization that this wasn't going anywhere necessarily, or was it because the place the CIA wasn't what you wanted, or how did that make you change?
1: So, I actually uh, I actually thought, like, figured that out, like, during my first, like, semester there. So, I just got a bunch of warnings from people that did graduate with a bachelor's saying, don't do it. So then I started questioning, oh, why, why not? Like you got one, was it really that bad? And basically how CIA works at least is that if you get a bachelor's, your course runs the same exact, like you do the same exact classes and everything as an associate's, but then the moment an associate's person would graduate, you stop and you will just take a bunch of academic classes. Hmm. So you take the same amount of um, uh, kitchen classes and everything. And for the most part, you take the same classes, but then after you're done with all of that, you're just going to take a set amount of academic classes. And the reason why I chose not to do a bachelor's is because I found out those academic classes aren't really beneficial in like almost a resume sense. So if I were to decide one day, oh, I am going to use my like bachelor's like a business degree, like like culinary business degree, that business degree is not recognized by the world as a business degree. Right. It's more just recognized as a culinary business. So if let's say I really wanted to Escape baking for a little bit, work a nine to five. All of a sudden, a, that company might not recognize those credits or degree, like that degree, as a business degree. So that's why I just chose not to. I was like, if I'm going, if I really want a business degree that bad, I'll just go to another like normal college and just get that. But
0: yeah, right. Go to a business school where you're exactly get recognized. And instead of going to a culinary school, which you're not going to get any more lab classes, you're just going to get business academic so you might as well go to a business school exactly it's not if you want to go for a master's they're not transferable at all yeah exactly Hmm. makes sense so it was a good decision to realize that yeah gave you some good advice
1: i know um
0: is there career development there is there a place that when you graduate that helps you find jobs or get you on interviews or could set you up or set the graduates up for success
1: so they have like a whole um like you sign in as a student like there's this like whole website that um has a link to a bunch of like employers and stuff like that. So it's less the school will help you. It's just more like the resources they provide. So the resources are there. Like if I really wanted to uh, reach out to someone, I have like a whole list of people that I can reach out to. So like technically speaking, like they kind of do, but they're not going to one-on-one
0: help you really.
1: Mm. It's kind of just for you to figure out.
0: You do it on your own. It's like, yeah. jobs listings yeah
1: here here's some jobs you can reach out we're not going to be like the middle person
0: now you said you went there because of the name culinary institute of america does that help when you go get a job with other alumni like hey cia cia give me the job Uh, does that help or no
1: so now that i've worked like back of house um and like i was able to say like i went to the cia or i was i'm a current uh student at the cia it almost doesn't, it, it does, but it doesn't. So there are, it, there are types of people that were um, like bosses that will say, oh, that's so impressive. Or we'll be like, wow, the CIA, or there are the types that will say, oh, a CIA student, they're going to think they're better than everyone else. And that is what I've come across. There are the I, I've had a boss that were like, oh, you go to the CIA. I'm like, yeah, is, is that bad? And they're like, oh, well, you know, oh. CIA students, They they tend to you know, we really stuck up
0: and, you know, and <laughs> Miss I was fancy pants.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I've like been trying to escape. I'm like, no, no, I just, I just went there. I trust me. I'm not, I'm not like that. <laughs> so it, it helps, but, um, you have to present yourself not in that way and not in the CIA way.
0: Yeah. Don't expect the name just to carry you, right? It's going to have to come down to your skill level and your personality.
1: Yeah, yeah, and just who you are as a person. Because again, there are there are the types that are, will be really impressed by the name, but then there are the there are the ones that will be like almost turned off by it.
0: Hmm. Did you find that in general when you were working that culinary degree, no matter where it's from, as opposed to someone who came up through the hard knocks school, you know, worked on their own and, and grabbed it that way, is there a difference? They look down at you like you're the college person, or?
1: I, you know, I actually wouldn't say they look down on people that graduate from a culinary school. They do um, appreciate it because there are basic things that they don't have to teach you because especially when I worked um, at a bakery in the summer, we were really, really short staffed like everyone else. But so we were trying to hire someone new, someone was really interested, but they had almost no culinary or baking experience like in their background at all. So my boss ended up just being like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't hire you just because they don't have the time now to train you. So I guess like in like now setting, if you do have a degree, they they don't view that as bad just because they trust you enough to hop right in and just get things done versus like someone that needs training and they don't necessarily have the time to, to like teach them. So hmm. it's like good and bad, I guess, depending on how times are.
0: Right, right. Sure. In the past and, and probably still to this day, there's been problems in our industry that has plagued it, you know, things, sexual harassment, bullying, alcohol abuse, mm-hmm. drug use, you know, s- lots of stress, you know, talk, people talking about mental. Have you seen anything like that in your experience, whether that be in school or out there in the workforce now, is it changing? Is it still bad?
1: I think it's gotten a lot better. Um, it's it's definitely still a thing. It's not, it hasn't just gone away. But um, like in school, definitely some of the chefs that are, almost make it seem like they're not there to help will definitely cause you stress. And depending on the person, they might not take it well and they might just want to drop out. And that's why I always tell people like, yeah, you're going to get accepted to the CIA. The acceptance rates like almost hundred percent, but more than half of my class that I started with are gone. They all dropped out within the first month. Wow. So it's like, can you handle that? It's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure for something that, you know, you're not going to get paid a lot for in the future, like right away. So it, it, it depends on the person, but, Yeah. Stress wise, I I feel like no matter what, no matter how well you can handle it, you're going to feel a lot of stress. But, um, in terms of even like, like safety and like sexual harassment and stuff like that, I feel like personally I have been fine. Like I, every single environment that I've worked in has been really professional and really amazing, but like we've had chefs, um, that I still talk to now that are great that will say like, oh yeah, I take that very seriously. Like we're not going to let anyone bother you, especially like as a woman in like baking, I feel like a lot of like culinary people might feel, I don't know, like they're better than you because I have had a friend that went on an internship and she had an old French chef that threw stuff at her and she had to go to the hospital. She had like so many bruises on her from like sheet pans and stuff. Like hurting her. And she was just too scared to speak up because she didn't want to lose the job. So, I mean, it's definitely still a thing. It's definitely still present. Um, You just have to make sure you're careful and you uh, find the right
0: places to work at. Right. And speak up if it does happen. Find human resources. Get out of there, I guess.
1: Yeah. No. And that's why I'm always like, I am like, I encourage you to say something, even if you're scared, just because like, you don't want to go through that, you know?
0: So these 50% that dropped out, do you think it was because they picked the wrong career to start with? I think so. They didn't really know what they were getting into. Like that lady that you said was 70, she went in there, she probably thought, oh, I'm just going to cook some lunch Mm -hmm. and have a good day. And then you're going to stand on your feet, you got to clean, you got to scrub pots and pans. Is it like a shock?
1: I feel like the people that end up dropping out are the ones that expected a culinary class versus a culinary college. I feel like even in movies and TV shows, it's not like a culinary college is not portrayed. It's always just like someone living at home and they're going to go to a culinary class, cook for an hour and have a chef be like that, that like soup tastes bad. And then they're going to be like, all right. And just go back home and just relax. And that's, I feel like what's really shown in media, but it's just not like that at all. And I feel like half the people that go are just like, they didn't realize how much almost like a military school it is. It's very Like, it's very strict. There are things you have to do. There are things you can't do. You have to follow rules. And it's, uh, yeah, the hours are long and it's not like a normal college. So, yeah, I feel like the people that do drop out are the ones that didn't realize that it's just not for them or they didn't realize how
0: tough it was going to be. So What was some of your, what was your earliest lab classes you guys had to go to? Oh,
1: time-wise?
0: Yeah. Oh. uh, Five in the morning? What was it? I
1: think, uh, why am I like forgetting right now? I'm pretty sure it's five. Yeah.
0: Five, something like that, like a breakfast class or baking.
1: Yeah, baking, surprisingly, was uh, not as early as culinary, Mm. which is, I think think it's weird because usually, you know, like bread classes, they make you show up really early, but I didn't have to do that. So I the earliest I had to wake up was like 3.30, just because I like to get like an early start and like take my time to get ready. But, you know, like one thing I always tell my cousins that. Um, just go to regular colleges he's like oh yeah I have an 8 a.m and I showed up like right at 8 a.m so like I'm all set like if we had an 8 a.m you have to be there at like 7 (laughs) 45 like no later than that you know just and they're like why and they're like do you go in and set up we're like no we just stand at the door (laughs) just to just to show the chef that we're professional and we're ready (laughs) so that's like stuff you have to like think about it's like you have to like take in time
0: then they won't let you in right they check your uniform, they won't let you in. They do the lineup and no, you go home.
1: Yeah, check check your nails, check your hair, check your shoes, make sure they're clean, no stains.
0: Uh, how uh, How is the food there? How is the cafeteria food? Is the students cooking for the students? Uh, did you get to eat in the labs? Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so that's something I'm like, I like to passionately talk about in a positive and negative way. So, so yeah, in like our lab kitchen classes, we, depending on the chef, you can definitely like take home what you made and eat in class sometimes. So that's definitely allowed. that's, it's great. I love that. But um the part that I always think is a problem that the school needs to change now is our, we have one cafeteria technically, it's called The Egg. So there's like a little marketplace. That's a place where everyone hangs out and it's like a normal cafeteria. So unlike normal colleges, it's not like a buffet per se. We have different stations and the food option is great. I, so many people at school love to talk down about it, and they're like, "Oh, it's gross." And I feel like those people are just like picky eaters, almost. I'm like, if you compare it to normal colleges, this is great. We're getting like nice meals. But sometimes, I mean, there are cases where a lot of people get the stomach bug. I don't know if it's just because it's a change of like whatever, but I definitely got it. And everyone loves to blame the egg. That's like the thing that everyone does. They're like, "Oh, I got the stomach bug from the egg." And um,
0: easy term. So yeah,
1: yeah, everyone just loves to say that. But um, the thing I hate is that the school is really smart about not having to pay a lot of people. So the people that run that are the students. Ah. And the only problem with that is that we all have the same times that we're in class. So once those students get out, we get out too. And when I'm ready to eat, it's closed. So, so that's why I'm like, You can't just hire someone in that in between time for something because there's the AM class and the PM class. But what about that time in between? They're just closed. When that's when everyone's off. So it's like the time when I'm ready to eat and everyone else is ready to eat. Like I can't eat. So that's why it's like it's like some of my friends are. They'll be like, oh, oh, I want a midnight snack. I can just head to the cafeteria. I can't because the times are strictly whenever classes. So that's something that I definitely think needs to needs to change. I mean, but otherwise, besides the egg, we do have like our main um hall where we have all the kitchen classes and the culinary kids will serve the anyone else so there are like other options but yeah
0: i just feel like the timing so if when, when they're doing their production you can go mm-hmm. buy the, a lab class and grab a bite yeah definitely made yeah oh good and so the am students would work the pm cafeteria and the pm students would work the am but when they're in between there's nothing happening which is probably right around lunchtime right when everyone's out
1: yeah it's just like it's just all cleaned up and it's just everything's just like closed and yeah, usually just one station that's open, and there are not many options. So, yeah.
0: What do they do? What are, who are the workers? Are those are like work study. They're students that are just working on campus to help with their tuition.
1: I think it's a, it's a mixture. I, I definitely have had a lot of friends that have just like worked there, but um, otherwise, got a job. Okay.
0: Yeah, there are just like people that that's just like their job. So it's like a good mix. But it's an easy way to get a job. Rather, oh, for sure. Yeah. Campus, rather than have to leave and go somewhere else, mm-hmm.
1: so. cool. and there are like many different like places in on campus I can get a job. So. Job-wise, there are a lot of things that you can do.
0: How's the weather? Oh, it's fun. Up there. It's kind of up, upstate New York. I mean, you get a lot of, lot of snow. I mean, no problem. Snow days, they have a close?
1: Yeah. I only ever had had one snow day, though. I haven't gotten that lucky. It always snows on the weekends, which always sucks. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. So I'm from Connecticut. I'm only like two hours away, so it's exactly the same. Um, like whenever it's raining here, it's raining there. Whenever it's snowing here, it's snowing there. So like when I FaceTime my family, I'm like, you guys have snow too. They're like, yeah. So uh, I'm very used to it. My roommate was from LA in California. So this was like one of her first times ever seeing snow. So she wasn't very used to it, but, uh, it was nothing new for me.
0: <laughs> so now that you graduated, what's next for you? What's your immediate plan? What do you, what's your long term? What do you think you're going to be doing five years from now? What's, what's your, what's your goal?
1: You know, I have always been a very, uh, like a structured plan person. I'm kind of crazy like that. In middle school, I made like my 10-year timeline of what I'm going to do. I've definitely like fallen off of that a little bit. But um, yeah, so this month I decided I was just going to take like a month off, um, kind of just like think about what I'm going to do and just really take the time and like think about it. So right now, all I'm working on is just like YouTube and just like Instagram, just like content creation type of stuff. And uh, I've been lucky enough to be able to collaborate with some brands lately. So that's been really fun, and I've been working on that. Um, I'm definitely not at a state where I can do social media full time, but even though I love it, um, so I definitely do have to jump back into uh, just being like a pastry chef. But um, after this, I I am just des- I'm seeking for jobs like right now as we speak. So I hopefully will find one. But so basically, I don't want to move out from my house yet. I think I want to wait till like the end of the year just to just to like I just want to settle a little bit, just kind of save up, and then. I really wanted to move to New York in the city and, um, but my parents just think it's a better idea for me to go to Boston first because they're like, Boston is kind of, you know, it's a city, but it's kind of less. And, uh, I have family in both the New York city and Boston, but I've like way more in Boston, like right in Boston. So they're like, I feel like that'd be really good for you. And I've kind of just, uh, I've settled on that. And I think that's fine with me. So I think after this year, I'm probably going to move there. And, uh, there are a ton of bakeries that I've always admired there. So, um, I would definitely be really interested in working at some places like that. I mean, like I feel like the best situation would be to find like a food media type of job. Cause I love doing that. Um, so, but I'd probably have to move to like LA or something. So I'm kind of just okay with anything right now. I'm just kind of, I just want experience and I'm not looking for anything really long term. I just want to find what I like and don't like, but um, in the future, the goal has always been to open a bakery. So that is definitely still the plan, but I'm just not ready for that yet because that means I would have to settle down and find a place I really want to live. But I'm—it's probably going to be in like L.A. That's where I've always thought.
0: So great. So if someone's listening that wants to offer you a job, or someone's listening that wants to reach out and ask you more questions about CIA or anything else, sure. how can they get a hold of you?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys can uh, go on my Instagram. It's Jennifer La, and then Lee L E E. So that's my Instagram. You can definitely shoot me a DM. Um, I have my email always. It's Jennifer L A Lee Business um, at gmail.com. and that's linked in my YouTube and my Instagram. And I think we discussed my YouTube before. So yeah, you can uh, find any of that. My resume is always in my like links in my bio. So
0: perfect. I'll put all those two again into the show notes in the bio. So if anyone's listening, perfect. Thank you. Be able to reach out and contact you. Awesome. Thank you. So now with this YouTube channel, you're an influencer. So maybe tell us two, three influences uh, that had an effect on you, whether that's personal or professional. And as you've gone through it, you wanna give a shout out to someone that has sure. had an influence on you?
1: I So I know a lot of people always say like their mom or dad or like their family. Personally, like I love them and I look up to them, but they have definitely not influenced me for this stuff. Like funny enough, I think, <laughs> i mean i'm not like the biggest like i'm not like a, still a huge fan of her or anything not not like in a bad way but um giada de la that's how you say her name from the food network yeah <laughs> i grew up instead of watching like cartoons i love watching the food network and i remember every single time for some reason when i turned on the tv it was her show so i always ended up just watching her show and i uh that was what i wanted to do when i was a kid i wanted to be a food network star i mean oh. I, I i could still want to do that maybe but um yeah, she definitely made me really want or just like enjoy watching people cook and uh, bake. So that was definitely an influence. But um, everyone helps me in different ways. But for food wise, I, I would I always she's always my go to answer just because I feel like she is what really like influenced me to want to do this. Awesome.
0: Great as we come to the end of our chat today, before we wrap up, is there any last minute advice or guidance that you want to leave with the listeners? Something you want to share, whether that be about going into this as a career or even going to culinary school or the Culinary Institute of America?
1: I would say just really like, just listen to your heart. It sounds really cheesy, but if you, if you can't decide if you want to go to culinary school or not, just really sit down with yourself and just think, can I, can I see myself doing this in like 10 years? Can I see myself being able to put up with all the stress and everything like that. And if you're really passionate about it, just do it because you don't want to regret it later on. You don't want to be like my old bench partner that decided at 70 that she was going to go to culinary school. So I would just say like, if you really want to do this and you feel so passionate about it and you love it, I would say just do it because I mean, you can't always change your mind like them, but um, it's no, I mean, it's a, it's a good field to be in. It's a lot of work and it's really stressful, but I mean, I love it. So I mean, I always complain, but I still go back to it every single time. All
0: right. Do you think culinary school is needed or required?
1: I I don't think so. I definitely don't think so. I know a lot of people that are super talented. One of my good friends, uh Sam, she started her own business and she never went to culinary school. She just always had the interest. So she was self-taught and she's doing really well right now. It definitely it definitely helps, especially if like stuff like fine dining, like I said, I never really had that much of an interest in like doing that type of like stuff. So I never really would have pushed myself to learn myself. So in that sense, I, I, I do love, I love the skills that uh, the school has taught me and the discipline. So it definitely helps. It's like an added little bonus, but if you're able to teach yourself and you're okay with doing that, then I don't think it's necessary at all. Experience is key, honestly. Yeah.
0: Good. Yeah. So like you said, someone is thinking about doing it do the research, do that due diligence. Mm -hmm. You don't get there and then have to drop out, you know, make sure this is really what you want. And so you can enjoy that experience, get the most out of it.
1: Yeah. I I think it's important not to like, like glamorize culinary school too much either. It's hard and it's tough and uh, it's tiring, but, um, it's fun at the same time. But I feel like a lot of people, if you really, if you really just need, um, to like decide, just think of it in a really, really realistic way. Yeah.
0: Mm. I know some of the schools, like Johnson and Wales, they have what they call like fly-ins where students, especially in high school, can come to the campus for like a week in the summer or a weekend and like kind of mm-hmm. test it out and do a trial run. That may be some good advice for someone that's kind of on the fence. Go test it out. Kick the tires before. Oh, for sure. I don't know if CIA offered something like that or you could take a Yeah. Break.
1: After, um, after well, they had the accepted students day where they kind of just gave you a tour. It, it was pretty brief, but... Um, It actually wasn't until after I accepted that I went to something called Green and Gold Weekend, which we stayed overnight and everything. But I'm sure if you ask, the school will be um, more than happy to. Most culinary schools are pretty social, like public places. People love to treat it like a museum. So even just like even if you're not interested, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to uh, like ask and they'll be okay with it.
0: Yeah, walk around, yeah. let's check it out, go for a tour and stuff, maybe sit in on a class and, and see what it's all about before you go. And Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Well, that is just about all the time we have for this episode. I want to first thank you, Jen, for coming on the show today and sharing your culinary school story with all of us. We really appreciate your time and your honesty and your insight on the Culinary Institute of America.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love being here.
0: Great. Thanks again, and I enjoyed our chat. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And a big thanks and appreciation also goes out to all of you, the listeners. We hope you enjoy the show and this episode. You all are a big part of this show, so please let us know what you think. Your comments are always welcome, and they help us in making the best show possible. You can email them to culinary school stories at gmail.com. That's culinary school stories at gmail.com. Or even leave us a voicemail at area code 207-835-1275. That's area code 207-835-1275. And if you like the show, we have a big ask of all of you. And that is to share the podcast with everyone you know. And to give us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, until our next culinary school story, take care and be well. Bye-bye. Culinary School Stories is a proud member of the Food Media Network.